Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Okay, you're going to be glad, right? I want to make you glad I'm only going to preach for 20 minutes today. I, was, uh, I told the first group this morning that uh, what little voice I have, I'm going to have to share it equally between the two groups. Uh, but I am on the mend, and I appreciate the opportunity. I had a week off last week to rest this, this voice, and uh, it is getting better. And I thank you for your prayers. If you would, please take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 5. Before we read our text, I want to share something with you. What do you have in your life that is a stronghold? What do you have in your life that you've built up? It is a fortress within you, and uh, it is a temple that you've built in your heart that opposes God. It is a fortress of sin, a stronghold of iniquity that you've built in your heart, and something that you serve, and you, and you, and you think of it as a priority in your life, and that priority is so important to you, so urgent to you, that it replaces God as a thing that you should worship. You would rather do this thing than anything else in all the world. Sometimes this God that we've put in our heart even allows us to dismiss ourselves from the worship of God. That we would rather do this thing than meet together in public worship. We'd rather do this thing than read God's word. What could that possibly be? Well, let's look at our text for today. And find out about fortresses and strongholds. 1 Samuel chapter 5 beginning at verse 1. Now the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it to the house of Dagon. And it was set by Dagon. When the Ashdodites arose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground. Before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set him in his place again. But when they arose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor all who enter Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. Let's pray. Father, give us clarity of thought, proper reasoning, that we might analyze this verse properly, Father, so that we might not sin against you and uh, allow to raise up within us another God whom we might serve. Father, let there be no fortress or stronghold developed within us in our hearts that would, uh, that would make you to be a, a back burner God, a secondary God, a lesser God. Father, you, you command us that we should have no other gods before you. 
Lord, let that be true for this congregation today. In Jesus' name, amen. I had a couple of weeks ago or so mentioned in an earlier sermon uh, about the fact of the importance of, of names, especially towns. I, I know that uh, when you read Scripture, uh, I know the tendency is this. You, you, read, you read Scripture and you come across the name of a town, and what do you do with it? You zip right through it. It's like Sherman's March to the Sea. You just want to get rid of that thing. So you, we go through these towns, and, and we don't even know where they're at in a Bible map. You know, we can care less where these little towns are at. But folks, you're missing so much of Scripture when you do that. You see, it's not just important to know where that little town or village might be. You know, it could be 25 miles north of Jerusalem, like Shiloh was. Now, who really cares about where Shiloh is at? Or it could be a little place called Ai or Jericho. Where, where are they? And furthermore, what do they mean? Now, if you look, if you look at verse 1, it mentions two places in verse 1. Uh, one of them is Ebenezer. And I mentioned Ebenezer to you a, week or, a couple of weeks ago or two, three weeks ago. Ebenezer means the stone of help or an altar of help. It's a, it's a place that was erected that uh, you would go to the Lord and bow before him. Lord, you're my help. But there's another place in there, and it is the word Ashdod. Now, Ashdod is a Philistine city. Uh, it is near the Mediterranean Sea. And, and Philistia is, is, is that piece of land that is, is, is called the, the Cisjordan side. It, it's on the western side of, of the Jordan River. And it borders the Mediterranean Sea. And there were, there were five cities of the Philistines, but this place, Ashdod, is important for us to know because the word Ashdod means stronghold or fortress. I ask you again, what stronghold or fortress do you have in your life that even God can't penetrate. You won't let him in. You won't let him clear it out. It's there, it's stuck within you and becomes a terror to you. This word, Ashdod, fortress, stronghold, it was the center of Dagon worship. So who is Dagon? What kind of God is Dagon? Dagon was a pagan deity that had a tail like a fish and, and an upper body of a man's body. Had arms, man's torso, a man's head with a beard. Ugly creature, isn't he? Uh, kind of like a, a male version of a mermaid. That's you know, I don't know how, they, how anybody dreams this up, you know, what these gods are to look like, but, you know, I would hardly ever think that a half fish, half man would be something you'd want to worship, but they did. It was their god. And Ashdod, the fortress city, the stronghold city, was the place where they worshipped. It was a central place of worship for Dagon. 
the Philistines after they met Israel in a battle between uh, Israel was at Ebenezer and, and the Philistines were at, were at Aphek. And after they came together in battle, and do you remember Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, were killed? And do you remember that the ark of God was taken and 30,000 of Israel's troops had been killed? They took the ark of God and they brought it to their, 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 their city of Ashdod and, and they took it to the temple of Dagon. And they set it beside Dagon because they wanted to show that, that here it was another one of Dagon's captive gods. They didn't destroy the ark. They revered it in a way. It was another god that they allowed to enter into their temple of gods. What do you do if someone says, I believe in God, but has no repentant heart, no remorse for sin, no godly sorrow of wrongdoing, but they say, I believe in God. I love God, but I still have a heart within me that is still a fortress for sin, a stronghold of sin. And, and I will let God into my life, but parked right next to God is this fortress, this stronghold of sin. There is a particular sin in my life that I will not allow God to eradicate from my life because I enjoy it so much. Friend, do you not fear God that you would actually ask God to enter into a heart that you basically have turned into a temple of destruction, a temple of doom? You have placed within your heart a God, a fortress God, a stronghold God that is filled with sin, filled with wrong, filled with error. You've erected a false God. And there you've asked the God of glory to enter in and to park himself next to this fortress. God will not allow himself to be taken in by someone who just simply says, I believe. He needs more than that. More than that, friends. In John chapter 1 and verse 6, the apostle John writes, if we say that we have fellowship with him. Listen very carefully. This is the word of God. If we say that we have fellowship with him. And yet walk in darkness. We lie. And do not practice the truth. Why would we lie to ourselves. And think that we are Christian people. And say well I have a God who is Jesus. But I also have this God who is a stronghold in my life. Whatever that might be. And, and I've made room for both of them in my life. You cannot serve two gods. You cannot serve two gods. This darkness is a stronghold, a fortress in our lives that directs our steps, controls our minds. It is a temple of a false god to which we bow and, make and pay homage to. You cannot place God in a heart that is unregenerate. And the Philistines were soon to find out that they could not place God in a temple 
that was made for a false deity. Just as you cannot, they could not. We cannot. So ask yourself, have I, have I any stronghold in my life that displeases God? Listen to these words from our Lord from Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 8. This is what God says. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another. How many gods have you in your heart? How many gods? There are times when we view God as some prize that we have won. And we set them in our lives just like, have you ever bought a brand new Bible? I mean, an expensive Bible. $120, You take that Bible and smell it. And you could smell that leather, right? Oh, man. That smells so Oh, and it smells so good, and it feels so soft. Put my name, put your name right there. Put your name there. That's my Bible. And, and the edges are nice and gold. Oh, fake gold, but man, it just looks shiny. You got that beautiful Bible. And what do you do with it? You park it on the coffee table. So everybody that comes to your house can see. You've got it. You've got it. Ah, smell that. Look at those edges. Let me ask you a question. What's important? What it looks like? What it smells like? Or what's in it? What's the most important thing? Do you know that the ark of God, the Philistines took the ark of God? Gold! Gold! They park it next to Dagon. They were so enamored by its appearance. But do you know what was on the inside of that thing? The word of God. The commandments of God. The moral law of God. What was important was not just that ark, but the contents. Because in that ark, God with his finger wrote on that stone his moral law. And they dismissed it because, <sighs> look at the edging. Do we do that with God? Oh, Brothers and sisters, I'm a Christian. Look at my Bible. We go to church. We give. Man, I believe that Jesus is God. Guess what? The devil does too. So the Philistines place the ark of God next to their God, Dagon. Now, look at verse 3. They get up in the morning and he's on his face, right? Dagon's on his face. They put the ark back in a place of respect. If Dagon is such a big God, why didn't he pick himself up? 
Why did they have to have some human being pick him up? Do you think our God needs our help to lift him up? Did he need our help to raise from the dead? Did he need our help to ascend into glory? Did he need our help to sit on the right hand of God the Father Almighty? Does he need our help to come back again and take his church? Does our God need our help for anything? Never mind getting back up on his little stool. But Dagon needed help. But they put the ark also in a place of respect where deities dwell. And they gave some religious observance to it since it was in their thinking some sort of deity. They had to. They put it in their temple and said, wow, look at this. Think of this. When a person has permitted himself or herself to worship a false god, what does it matter to that person? If you're worshiping some false god, what does it matter to you if you add one or two more to the list? Some religions have thousands of deities, thousands of them. What does it matter? Add one or two more. If you got room in your heart for whatever stronghold is in there, whatever fortress is in there, you got room for that and you got room for God, why not add another or another or another to that? How many are you going to add? How many things are you going to worship in your life? If God, the Creator God, the Sustainer God, the Redeemer God, if He is not the only God that you serve, what does it matter to you how many you put in there? Well, what would be some of those gods that we might add? What gods could we put in our hearts that we might worship? Well, let me give you a couple of them. This is not an exhaustive list. It's just a list. I, I want to come up with good alliteration. So you all start with the letter F. How about the God of Finance. money all the best things in life are free but you can give them to the birds and bees because all I want is money so goes the song what about fame everyone wants to be Americans, America's idol America's we want People love popularity. You know, everybody wants a pat on the back. Say, wow, isn't he great? Isn't he great? Or she? You like fame. You know what? Probably in a group like this, finance or fame may not be real important. They're certainly not my top of the list things. If I was looking for finance, I wouldn't be doing this kind of work. And I'm too short to be famous, so. But you know a God that we really have to struggle with? It's the God of family. Let me share something with you. 
I didn't share this with the first group, but I want to share it with you. From Matthew chapter 10, I believe it's chapter 10. There's a man in the Bible speaking, I believe his name is Jesus. You ever hear of him? Jesus. This is what Jesus says. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me, follow after me, is not worthy of me. Do you think Jesus is saying there's not room in a person's heart for all these gods and me? You think Jesus is saying that? Who is or what is most important in your life? Is that false God your stronghold? Or is the God of glory the stronghold in your life? There needs to be a stronghold for sure. But is it the right one? Who or what is the stronghold in your life? Family, finance, fame, whatever, whatever. Have you, have you brought God into a place where he is among others that you worship? And friends, listen, God is not worshipped at all if he is not worshipped alone. Now I'll ask this question. What kind of God is it? What kind of God is it, as I mentioned before, that needs our help? If it's finance, if it's fame, if it's family, it needs our help. If it's fun and entertainment, it needs our help. If it's possessions, it needs our help. But if it's the God of glory, He stands alone. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Church, God is one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. His first law in the commandments. What do you have in your life that is so important to you that it or they have become your priority? Can money save you? Can it deliver you from guilt, sin, and shame? Can fame and popularity bring a sense of peace to you in a world that is filled with a topsy-turvy value system? Can any of those things bring you satisfaction in your spirit, your mind, your emotions? Can family replace God in being your first love? Fearfully, that has happened to many. But remember this passage from Scripture. We, we, we talked about this several weeks back when we looked at the first church in the book of Revelation, the church at Ephesus, where the Lord says to the church at Ephesus, He says, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. 
There is not room in our lives for two gods or three gods or four gods or 20. Just one. Just one. No other God but the God of glory can deliver you, redeem you, rescue you, quicken you, satisfy you, and listen, can forgive and seat you in heavenly places. No other God but only Jesus himself. From Isaiah chapter 46, beginning at verse 5, listen to these words. He says, to whom would you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we would be alike? Those that lavish gold from the purse and weigh silver on the scale hire a goldsmith and he makes it into a god. They bow down. Indeed, they worship it. They lift it upon the shoulder and carry it. They set it in its place and it stands there. It does not move from its place. Though one may cry to it, it cannot answer. It cannot deliver him from his distress. Remember, remember this. Recall it to mind. Remember for I am the God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. All the so-called gods of this world, all the so-called gods of the flesh, all the so-called gods of that, that Satan would put before our eyes, all of those gods will one day bow down before the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ he is the author and finisher of our faith, the bright and morning star, the captain of the Lord's host, the friend of sinners, the glory of Israel, the Lord mighty in battle, the king of glory, the prince of life, the prince of peace, the prince of the kings of the earth, the rose of Sharon, the chief shepherd, the good shepherd, and the great shepherd. His name is Jesus. Born of a virgin, walked among men, lived a perfect sinless life, bore our sins on the cross, bore the Father's wrath in our place, died a sinner's death, but was raised on the third day. Forty days later, ascended into glory. And right now, he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he is above all thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities. The angel told Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus. We are told, wherefore, God has also highly exalted him and has given him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and things in heaven and on earth and under, the, and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friends, his name is Jesus. No idol can ever satisfy your soul. No idol can ever bring calm out of crisis. No idol can ever bring trust out of fear. There is only one God who can do that. All others, all other gods to this is impossible. The Messiah of God, His name is Jesus. My friends, how many gods have you in your heart? Whom shall you worship this day? When you leave this place, who will be your God? Whose standard will you raise? Whose flag will you carry in battle? Who will you call upon? When crisis and trial come towards you, will you call upon the God that's your stronghold of sin? No, you'll not do that. Because 
Those strongholds of sin can never deliver you. There's only one God who can deliver you. His name is Jesus, the King of glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, that we have this day to worship you. There is but one God. We thank you, Father. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, may your name be praised. Lord, let us not put no idol before us. Let's put you first in Jesus' name.